Thank you for coming. My name is Tim Porter. Um, I'm one of the teaching elders here. We're giving Matt Porter the, uh, the week off. So welcome. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. I was on, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I was on Etsy the other day, which is kind of a girly, girly website. Guys don't usually talk about how they're on Etsy, but I occasionally go on to Etsy if I need to buy a, a creative gift for the, for the wife, for Holly, uh, or something else unique and different and handcrafted. And we were looking for, or I was looking for something, we made some changes above the fireplace, and I needed something to go um, above the fireplace, that would be cool, and I found something awesome. It was a, a piece of raw steel, and cut into this piece of raw steel were these four words, be still and know. And I was like, oh man, I've heard that verse before, it's part of a verse, 46, Psalm 46.10. And I was like, Holly, is this awesome? Do you, you love this? And she was like, ah, no, not, not really. Holly and I have different tastes. Holly has good taste. I have other than good taste. Not bad, but just different. So anyway, so I went ahead and I, uh, I bought it anyways. I thought, fine, I'll, I'll put it in the garage or I'll put it in my office or something. And um, I, I think it's cool. And it, and it was important that it was unique. It, I hadn't seen anything like this before. So a couple, couple weeks later or maybe a week later, I watched that documentary on Right Now Media. I don't know if you guys have, have had a chance to download that, but it's an awesome app with a bunch of Christian resources. And I, and I watched this documentary on Hobby Lobby, and I was just enthralled with it. I, I just love those guys, how they're leading their business. They're making money hand over fist, and they're doing wonderful things with the profits of that business. And I had never been to a Hobby Lobby, and so Holly took me. We went to look for some more stuff for the house. And, I walked into Hobby Lobby, and I'm, I'll try not to be too dramatic, but wall to wall, okay, were these same stinking signs with the same words on it, be still and know, like curly font, block letters, distressed wood signs, they're on canvases, you get these huge ones, you can get tiny ones. And I was, uh, I was devastated. I thought, what? I thought this was unique. I thought I, thought I really found something, um, you know, different that we could hang on our wall. So, I, you know, I was disappointed. Uh, but even though Hobby Lobby is, is mass producing these, it, it still doesn't ruin the verse. I think it's actually a perfect verse for us to start 2019 with. Be still and know that I am God. I know Matt Baldwin just read a, a verse from Psalm 1 and said it was a good, a good verse to start the year. I'm going to overrule Matt, and we're going to go with 46, 4610, Psalm 4610. So the reason I think this is such a perfect verse is because 2018 was a long year for me, and I think for a, a couple of people that I've talked to. It was, it was a long one. Uh, and the last thing I need right now is to create... And, and maybe preach a sermon about a list, another list of things to add on top of the list of things that I never finished from 2018. I actually need something to offload my list. I need someone to offload my list to. And I think this is, this is what's helpful about this verse. It's going to help us do that. Uh, 
And I was also trying to think, why was 2018 so, so difficult? Why was I tired? And, or why am I tired and, 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 frankly, a little bit exhausted? I was thinking, is it the news? Was, it, was the news especially dramatic? I mean, they're always trying to make it dramatic. They're always trying to get us to tune in. Um, but it, it was fairly uh, intense last year. Politics was, was pretty contentious. Remember the Kavanaugh confirmation? That was insane. I've never seen anything like that before. So politics, Kavanaugh, oh, the, the, the fires, the wildfires in California, those were incredibly tragic. I think that was the, the biggest wildfire in the history of, of, the, of the country. Um, and then, oh, the stock market. So my business, what I do is, is I help people invest money. And so I got a front row seat, unfortunately, of the stock market and how incredibly volatile it was this last year. And, and it really was, man. I haven't seen volatility like this since 2011. And some people were making comparisons to 2008 and even 1931 at one point, which is not, which is not good. Anyways, not that you guys care about the stock market, but the news was fairly, you know, it was a lot of drama in the news. But then I was thinking, like, just generally with life, with culture, like, what, what's happening? And I feel like the pace is picking up, okay? Like, it, things are moving pretty fast. We've got, you know, information coming at us from absolutely every single angle, it certainly isn't slowing down. It's, it's picking up faster and faster. And, and I feel like just my life is consumed with like, bing, bzz, ring, bing, bzz, ring. Like just, just notifications, email, text, news alert, email, oh, a phone call. It's just, it's just going. It's going fast. So I think there is... I think there's reason if you feel like 2018 was a long year and like maybe you're a little tired like me and, and a little exhausted, I think there's good, there's good reason for that. I think this verse that we're going to look at is going to be helpful for, for two different groups, okay? This is how, this is how I see this. Uh, the first one is for the, for the individual, yikes, for the individual who, who things are going well in their life, okay, where they were able maybe to get through their list from last year. They were able to accomplish some things. They're feeling pretty good about their life, okay, and they're ready to stack up a bunch more goals and desires and, and, and achievements onto their shoulders because things are going well. Maybe they've forgotten who's actually in control. They've forgotten who God is and that God has blessed them and given them the ability, given them life and breath and a mind and able to to accomplish those things. This verse, I think, is a warning. How obnoxious is that, huh? This is a warning for those people, okay? Be still and know that I am God. Do not forget who's actually in charge. It's not us, okay? And this is a warning because as you stack these, these goals and desires up on your shoulders, as, as you think maybe the, the world, you know, kind of revolves around you and you're, and you're doing awesome, it's kind of an arrogant an arrogant uh, attitude, you start to get a little top-heavy. And I've been here, and it doesn't take much to knock you over, to knock you down. So, okay, so that's one thing. This verse could be a warning for those people. But on the other side, folks that are struggling, who maybe got, got beat up last year, who are hurting, maybe people failed them, or, or health has failed them, or a loved one, which we've seen too much of. Um, 
You know, this, this verse can comfort those folks that are struggling. This is a warning for some, and it should be a comfort and an encouragement to those of us that are tired and struggling. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a verse that says you're not alone. I'm going to ditch this. Okay, I'm so sorry. This is a, not a good start to the 2019. <laughs> Anyways, listen, um, I think this verse is a comfort. We're not alone. People are, people are struggling. God sees that people are struggling, and he, he's there to help us. He's a refuge, and, and he's there to, to help those people be restored. Okay, so those are the two, the two folks I think that this, this verse can help. And I think the, the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to pull being still and knowing apart. We're going to look at the two actions there. We're going to be still and we're going to know. All right. Being still is fairly obvious. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on that. We know, we know what that looks like. But then knowing who God is is a little more complicated. He's a little bit more uh, complex. So out of Psalm 46, there's three different sections there. And I think we can learn and we can know God uh, in those three sections. And I'll just give them to you. One is uh, be still and know that God is our refuge. Be still and know that God is to be enjoyed. Uh, and be still and know that God fights for us. Okay, so that's, what, that's where we're headed. Now let's talk about being still. Being still, you know, what, what does that look like? It looks like uh, being quiet. Being calm, um, being content, being stable. Why, why, is it, why is it important for us to be quiet? When we are quiet, when people are quiet, that, that's the time that we discern truth for ourselves. What I mean by that is that we process information all day long from every single source, you know, from every screen, from every gadget that we have. And we need to take time and process that and figure out what, what do we believe, what is, what is true for our lives, and what is not. So it's important that we spend time being quiet. So how are we quiet? Well, this, again, is not rocket science. Wake up early, stay up late, put the kids to bed, and don't turn on a terrible show. I just watched Instant Hotels with my wife the other day. This is what we do. We put the kids to bed and then collapse on the couch and we turn something on. This is a show about Airbnb. It's a competition about who has the best Airbnb in Australia. I have no idea why we turned it on, but then you have to finish it, right? You have to watch all eight seasons, so. <laughs> which is a long, is a long uh, endeavor, but we, we got through it. Anyways, turn that junk off, right? It's not helpful. That time could be spent in our Bibles, reading praying, thinking about what's going on, thinking over our list and, and, and trying to discern what's, what's helpful uh, and, and what's not. So the other thing is, that, oh yeah, turn off the, the distractions. So that's turning off the TV, turning off the computer. There's so many of these things now, right? Turn off Alexa, Google Hub, the tablet, the phone. Now we have to turn off our watches. Even our watches are distracting. 
Isn't it funny that technology is getting closer to us? This is probably not a new concept for, for a lot of people. I was just thinking about like the TV was across the room, and then the computer is like close to you, like in front of you, and then the tablet and the phone is in your hand. Now the watch is attached to your arm. You know, what's next? Are we going to plug the phone into our head or into our ears? Earbuds. It's already happening, guys. The computers are trying to take over. This is, this is not good. Beware. So one, one way that I've uh, been trying to find some quiet time, I don't know if this really counts as quiet time, but I have a commute from Kaiser to Tigard. It's 30, 40 minutes, depending on traffic. And I used to love to, to listen to podcasts and, and, and books, um, music, the radio, whatever. But lately, it's not because I've really tried to do it. I just, I'm maxed out. <laughs> I don't have any more room in my head right now to take in more information. And it's been kind of awesome. I get 30 to 40 minutes. It's pretty quiet. You know, as long as I'm not, you know, engaged in road rage or something. It's a peaceful time. Uh, and God really gets to hear what I think in that 30 to 40 minutes. So I've built that in. That probably isn't ideal, but it is a time of quiet for my life. So that's a little bit of, about being still. One thing, though, let me just say before I move on to knowing, being still, being quiet, having some quiet time can, can help give us the opportunity to know God. It like gives us the, the, the opportunity to focus on who God is. All right? So being still can help, can help us know God. At the, at the same way, knowing God, knowing who God is, can help us be still. So the two, the two work together. And the, what I'm trying to say is like, when you know God, when you see God in his, in his fullness, in his glory, you can't help but, but kind of be quiet and say, like, whoa. It's a little bit like the, uh, the Grand Canyon. I think maybe I've even said this before, where you stand at the Grand Canyon, and, and it's, it's really hard to think, you know, how wonderful you are when you're standing at the Grand Canyon. I, think maybe I can think of a politician maybe that could stand at the Grand Canyon and talk about how wonderful he is. But, um, but this is what it's like when we... When we when we see God for how great he is, when we see what Jesus did on the cross for us, when we get a good glimpse of that, man, it helps us be still. It helps us be quiet and just, and just know that he is God. So three things. Let's, let's work through Psalm 46 right now. Three things we can learn about who God is. Let's put up uh, Psalm 46, 1 through 3. If you've got a Bible or, or a phone. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So I think the, the picture that's being painted here is, is over the top, right? Like, the mountains really aren't crumbling into the water. We haven't seen that, have we? Did anybody see the news? Like, just 10 days ago, someone just reminded me of this as I was mentioning I was going to speak on this topic. But this Krakatoan island, this small Krakatoan island, just fell into the sea 
like 160 acres worth of land, fell into the sea, created this huge tsunami, and it killed over 400 people in Indonesia. Like I think December 22nd or December 23rd. I thought this was a metaphor. This is like apparently, literally, this is, what, this is what's going to start happening. It was a little freaky when I, when I learned that. But I think in large part, this is, this is a metaphor. This is talking about the world and creation and how it's, it's struggling and difficult. And we've heard this before, you know, ever since the original sin of Adam and Eve, Satan convinced them that, that God didn't have their best interest uh, in mind. And so they sinned and they were kicked out of the garden. And now creation and the world struggles. Okay, work is hard. Um, you know, having children is hard. We have sickness. We have death. We have to deal with. This is the this is the picture that this is that this is painting. But God is our refuge and our strength. This is a reminder that God is not subject to creation because God is the Creator. He doesn't get pushed around by by a roaring ocean or or crumbling mountains like we do. I mean, just like the picture of Mark in Mark 4, when all the disciples pile into that boat and they head off into the sea, and then the storm out of nowhere picks up, and they're getting tossed around. There's water in the boat. They're freaking out. Jesus is in the boat with them. He's sleeping, apparently. And, and they're like, hey, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care? And what does he do? He, he gets up and says, hush, be still. And the water listens to him. Not only is God not subject to creation, creation is subject to God. God can control it. And when we're struggling, when we're getting beat up, when, when people are failing us, when finances are failing us, or whatever is going on, we can run to God and we can ask him, help, help, still my storm. And he can still your storm. He doesn't always still your storm. Sometimes the storm rages on, but I found in my life, when I, when I take a few blows, when I, when I get some bad news about whatever, whether or not my storm gets stilled, I find comfort. And I find that my stress and my worry and my anxiety is stilled when I find refuge in God. I think that's what, that's what we know about God through this first section. Let's cruise to, uh, let's cruise to the second one. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. All right, so... We're looking at a, a stream here. We talk about a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The, the city of God is Jerusalem that they're talking about here. This is, this is where God's temple is. This is where God's people are. He loves the city of God. Today, that would be his church. Okay, not, not the building, uh, not, the, not the old kitchen showroom of Keith Brown lumber products. I don't think he cares about the building, but he cares about all the people that are here. And he is like a stream that makes the city glad. Let me just pull from from our last section. Creation 
is like a roaring ocean that's tumultuous, that's scary to us. But contrast that with God, who's like a gentle stream, a gentle, refreshing stream that restores us, that brings life. God, this section, what we can know is be still and know that God is to be enjoyed like a stream of living water. The stream that went by Jerusalem that they're talking about here came from the the spring of Gashan. And it wasn't, you know, a, a big stream. It wasn't necessarily deep. It was calm. It was relaxing. And it provided fresh drinking water. And it provided life. I mean, they're in the middle of the desert. Water was so important. This is, the, this is the picture of who God is. He's meant to be enjoyed by us. He's meant, to, meant to, not to create stress. He's not one more thing to add to our list. Okay, he doesn't, he doesn't go on that list. What he is is he is someone to take our list to. I think I might have mentioned that before. We take our list to God, and, and we pray over that list of things that we have, and we, we try to discern what of the... What, on our list is helpful. What am I taking on that I shouldn't be? Am I running at too fast a pace? Should I slow down? And on the other side, he, he, he can help us with a stressful list, things that are driving us crazy, things that are keeping us up at night. And we, and we say, God, I can't handle this, this, this stressful items on my list. I need you to fight this battle for us. God is to be enjoyed like a stream. This also points to John 7, And where Jesus is talking, and uh, he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living water. I'll have some right now. Thank you. This is just speaking to the the kindness of God and, and, and how important this water was for them. Even when we arrogantly stack up all kinds of things to accomplish without taking them to God. Even though we think, I can handle, the the world revolves around me and I can handle all this stuff. Even when we freak out, when things aren't going well and we're thinking, is God asleep? Why aren't you paying attention to me? Even when we do that, God still gives us opportunity after opportunity to be still and know that he is God. He, 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 he's merciful. He's kind. He lets us come back to him. Like a, like a, like a parent, I guess. Who, like a good father or a, or a nurturing mother who just takes care of their kids and protects them. Looks after them even when they cry and whine and whine and cry and cry and whine. There's a little bit of my 2018 uh, exhaustion comes from my two little girls that cry and whine and whine and cry. God, God help. God takes care of us even when we do the same thing. When we rebel, when we're when we're not relying on Him, we're not trusting God to to make things happen. Someone in a community group the other day told me that God is like a warm hug to them, and I was like, oh, that's nice. It was a, a gal. Of course. Um, I was like, oh, that's nice. He's, I don't see God typically as a warm hug. I more see him like Mel Gibson and the Patriot, you know. Uh, but that's nice, you know. Warm, warm hugs are nice, I'm sure. 
this is the warm hug section, okay? God is, is, uh, God is our refuge. God is a warm hug. But the next section is the Mel Gibson section. God is, or excuse me, be still and know that God fights for us. Okay, God fights for justice. He's strong. He's powerful. And he fights for peace. Let's read uh, the next, next section in Psalm 46. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Listen, this is the picture of God ending all wars and bringing eternal peace. This is God forcibly disarming the warring nations. And God will be exalted because God is the one who's going to do it. It's not going to be us. This, is, this, this story is not about how great we are and how we're going to fight these battles. It is clear that God wants the credit and God should get the credit because he's the one that's going to be fighting for us. I was reading the, the famous story to my kids the other day of the Red Sea. Okay, most of us have heard this story. Maybe a couple people haven't heard it. I'll just tell it quickly. Uh, but the, the Israelites, the Jews, were enslaved by, by Egypt, okay, by Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians. And God appoints Moses to come and to free them. So Moses goes and he, and he, and he asks Pharaoh and the Egyptians, let my people go. You know, and, and they say, nah, I don't think so. We're going to keep them. Uh, and so God sends plague after plague after plague in Egypt. Okay, and eventually they get tired of these ridiculous plagues, and they say, fine, go. Just go. Just get out of here. So literally millions of these Jews grab a few things and start walking. And they walk out of Egypt. And they're walking. They walk for a while, and they end up at the Red Sea. Okay, kind of a, a little dead end. And they're, and they're trying to figure out, where should we go from here? What should we do? And while they're standing there, while they're, while they're trying to dis discover this, they look, into the they look into the distance, and here comes Pharaoh, and here comes the Egyptian army, and they're ticked. God had hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he no longer wanted to let them go. He wanted them destroyed. He wanted them killed. And they are barreling towards the Jews and the Israelites. And the Israelites have nowhere to go. They're stuck at the Red Sea. There's going to be no escape. And they start freaking out. And they say, this is, this is from uh, Exodus. They say to Moses while they're freaking out, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Isn't that funny? Oh, oh, it's because there wasn't enough graves in Egypt? You wanted us to come out here to die? I think it's hilarious that that got recorded. But this just speaks... To how they were freaking out. And before God parts the Red Sea, which most of us have heard, and they make this miraculous escape, and then all the Egyptians get killed in the, in the Red Sea, this is what Moses says. Fear not. Stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And tell me if this next part sounds familiar. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. 
Doesn't that sound a little bit like be still and know that God is going to fight for you? We, God knows you can't handle this battle. God knows you can't win this. And he's going to take care of it with a miracle. This story, this psalm points to another battle that applies to us. It's a battle that was created by the sin in our life. Okay, by the, by the fact that we, we can't trust God fully and we rebel either with arrogance or, or uh, anxiety or, and fear that God is, not in, God is not in control. And because of this sin, we're, we're kind of at a dead end and what's coming at us is the wrath of God. Because God is just, he has to punish this sin. And so, so the wrath of God is coming at us. We can't do anything about it. We can't fight this battle on our own. And God knows it. He knows that we're desperate. And instead of bringing desolations on our church, like he says, he's, like he, says he might do in, in some situations, instead of doing that, what does he do? He sends Jesus. He sends his own son to come. And he brings desolations to Jesus. He destroys his own son. Jesus comes, becomes a, uh, becomes a man. He steps in front of us, in front of the wrath of God. And Jesus takes the wrath of God for us. And we watch in stillness and in quiet as Jesus gets taken to the cross, gets crucified. Watch as the wrath of God gets poured on him and he dies so that we can live. This is what it means to be still and know that God fights for us. This is how, how God has, has fought for us and, and how Jesus has died for us. And because of that, the wrath of God is satisfied and we now have peace with God. And it's an incredible story. It's, it's the story we hear every single week as we get together here. And it's a story, honestly, that's changed my life. And when things are going badly or whether things are going well in my life, to be still and to think about the lengths that God went through and the, and the gruesome death that Jesus endured to save me, it helps me be still. And the struggles seem to, to fade away. They don't go away completely. We still have to live here. We still have to deal with this. But I, but I, feel, a little bit, I feel a little bit more sturdy, a little bit more stable, that I can handle these struggles. And likewise, if things are going well, I think, you know what? I'm a little bit more insignificant than I thought after thinking of the gospel, after thinking of what Jesus did for us. Be still and know that God is your refuge. If, if, if 2018 was tough, listen, be still and know that God is there to, to help you. Be still and know that God is to be enjoyed. He's not meant to stress you out. Okay, he's not one more thing on your list. and He's not meant to be there to be pleased. He's, he's there to relieve our stress, to restore us and to help us. And be still and know that God fought for us. And Jesus died for us, man. That means everything to us. And this helps us. And I think this can help us in 2019. No matter what kind of craziness is coming for us, right? As a as a nation, as a country, as a, us individually, this is the kind of stuff that that when you're still and when you're quiet, you think about this. This can help us endure that. Be still and know. 
And if you need help remembering that, you need a sign to help you remember that. Let me know. I can hook you up. Or Hobby Lobby can, I guess. Let's pray. We'll close up. Heavenly Father, we, um, we love you. And we thank you for this passage. Uh, we thank you uh, that you are our refuge, that, that we can run to you, that you are our shelter. Uh, we thank you that, um, that you are meant to be enjoyed and you are meant to relieve our stress. Um, and we thank you that you fought for us, that, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Um, we pray that, that we would see that more clearly. We would get a better glimpse of that. Um, and that would help us endure whatever, whatever is coming towards us. We, we need you this next year. We need, we need to build our life on you and, 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 and your foundation so that we can stand firm. We, we ask for the ability to do these things too. We know that you, you give us uh, the ability. You, you're the one that does, does the work in our hearts that make us even want and desire this stuff. So we desperately ask for that. We need that. Um, we pray that in your name. Amen.